Welcome to Strong Not Starving, my name's Marcus Kane, and if you want to beat binge eating and create a rewarding relationship with food and exercise, you're in the right place. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for medical advice. A subject that comes up a lot in my one-to-one work with clients is navigating bad days. Now, having a bad day in terms of body image, feeling self-critical about your physical appearance, or experiencing unusually strong urges surrounding binge eating can really ruin your day. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you one of the audio sessions from my private coaching course on how to handle it if you find yourself going through a rough time. Because no matter how well you're doing or what steps you're taking, rough days are going to happen. And it's really important to me that you know that those days don't mean that you're failing or doing a bad job. It's normal to experience ups and downs. And beating binge eating and creating a rewarding relationship with food and exercise is never about the absence of these rough moments. It's just about not letting rough moments turn into bad days. So enjoy today's episode and stick around at the end because I've currently got two one-to-one coaching spaces available. So if you want to put an end to binge eating and anxiety surrounding body image and put yourself on a rewarding track when it comes to food and exercise, we can absolutely work together and make that happen. So more details about that later. And here's today's episode on how to navigate rough days. Something that we all experience along this journey is the occasional bad day. Things might feel like they're going really well and we're making headway, then all of a sudden one day feels like we're back at square one, with urges and impulses surrounding food popping up left and right. And these days are going to happen, so it's vital we know how to handle them, because the last thing I would want you to think is that experiencing a rough day means you've gone backwards. To put it really simply, experiencing a rough day with unusually strong urges might mean you've not been getting enough food and physiological hunger has built up. It could mean something has caused a degree of emotional stress and your lower brain is making noise. It could happen as the result of being run down and low on resources, resulting in us leaning on our autopilot, like our system one thinking, to save energy. And usually it's a combination of two or more of those things, and it's normal for life to throw these days at us. All of the people that I've worked with one-to-one have experienced this and have needed to actively take steps to notice when it's happening and figure out what to do about it. I usually refer to the action we take in these situations as our in-case-of-emergency break-glass protocols. So these are the things that we practice doing that become automatic responses for when we notice things have gotten away from us. The first step in this process of neutralizing a potentially bad day is knowing ourselves well enough and being self-aware enough to realize it's happening before we begin acting impulsively. This means noticing thoughts and emotions and treating them as feedback rather than being absorbed by them. This can mean the difference between having a difficult day but still going to bed feeling proud of how we handled it versus having a difficult day and going to bed feeling physically sick and beating ourselves up because we fell into a pile of fast food as a coping strategy. Because even through the toughest days, even if nothing good comes out of the experience, even if things were a shitstorm of unfortunate events, it's worth so much to be able to go to bed and think, well, at least I can be proud of how I handled that. A really valuable example of this is at the start of 2022, one of my one-to-one clients, we'll call her Natalie, went through the breakup of a long-term relationship. 
She had to deal with the ending of the relationship and everything associated with that, you know, emotional turmoil, finding a new place to live, moving house, while balancing her extremely stressful job as a social worker and her training commitments. In saying that, it's worth mentioning that Natalie is a competitive Thai boxer. So for her, training commitments meant multiple hours a day of conditioning and fighting, and her day job meant frequently working with people who are struggling with trauma or abuse, all the while dealing with her own feelings through the breakup and the stress of finding a new place to live. For Natalie, getting through this meant doubling down on self-care and the practices that de-escalate the lower brain's response to emotional stress. Like getting to bed on time, managing training volume, and practicing breathwork and stretching every evening became essential to help calm and soothe Natalie's lower brain, allowing her to maintain her connection with her clear thinking and constructive coping strategies that didn't involve food. Nick, however, ran into challenges when he experienced a buildup of hunger during a period when he was particularly busy at work. Things had been going really well for Nick. Urges and thoughts surrounding binge eating were becoming very, very manageable. Then after two extremely busy weeks at work, he experienced a couple of days of intense hunger. His first thought was, oh my God, have I gone backwards? Have the urges come back? But what was really happening was that he'd been so busy that he hadn't been eating enough on a day-to-day basis. Stress and his schedule had pushed aside his appetite so that he didn't notice it as it was happening. But all of a sudden, that buildup of hunger appeared as intense urges to binge eat. Nick's course of action to deal with this has been to make sure that even through busy periods at work, when he doesn't have much of an appetite, he still hits certain targets throughout the day when it comes to eating enough nutritious food to keep him properly nourished. He knows that during these times, hunger cues aren't going to be that present, so he knows on an intellectual level how much he needs to eat and does his best to hit those targets. One of the biggest traps we fall into when navigating stressful days or difficult times is believing our own thoughts too much. So have you ever been lacking sleep or feeling anxious and experienced a series of negative or anxious thoughts that seem to disappear the next day after a good night's sleep? Or have you ever been experiencing a high degree of stress and found your mind looking for people to blame? We might feel tired just because we've been working hard or dealing with emotional stress. And rather than that be the end of the story, our conscious mind feels the need to create narratives surrounding those feelings and making things way, way more complicated than they actually are. Story follows state is one of the primary mantras of polyvagal theory, which is a collection of theories currently being explored in the fields of neuroscience and psychology. It explains how the order in which we often believe thoughts and feelings happen is completely backwards, and how our mind can create misleading fictions about struggle and suffering. What we're getting at here is that our conscious mind creates stories to explain why we feel the way we do. And we can't always believe those stories because they're usually completely biased and off the mark. And to give you an example of this, rather than tell you one of my clients less than accurate thought processes, I'm going to put myself out there and give you one of mine. Now, if I'm overtired, From lack of sleep and stress, my mind starts telling me stories about how I need to be alone 
in order to meet my full potential. It's like there's a defensive mechanism in my head that tries to push people away if I feel like I'm struggling. So the hard reality in those moments isn't that I need to push everyone away and isolate myself. It's just that I need a couple of early nights, maybe to back off the coffee for a few days. One of the most common stories we tell ourselves when we feel our energy levels dip or anxiety pop up is some version of, I don't know if I can do this, which is bullshit. A more accurate statement in those moments would be, in this moment, I feel my internal resources running low and it's affecting my mindset. But we don't usually jump to that thought process straight away. Usually we feel our energy levels dip, we start struggling, and our first thought is, I don't know if I'm capable of this. But we are 100% capable. So before we believe the thoughts that pop into our minds about what we are or aren't capable of during difficult times, remember, story follows state. Check on the state that you're in. Are you tired, anxious, stressed, sad, angry? We can all but guarantee that any thoughts we experience while in the grips of those emotions won't exactly be our best, most objective work. So our first job after noticing we were in a difficult space when actioning our in case of emergency break glass protocol is dismissing our thoughts and identifying the emotion or state behind them. From there, we can decide what we need to do to course correct and get ourselves back into a better headspace by changing our state. This could mean a nutritious meal if we've been busy and neglecting food. It could mean breath work and grounding ourselves with some mindful movement if we're feeling stressed and mentally fried. Remember, the breath itself is not some kind of magic gateway into feeling okay again. Remember, mindfulness, introspection, that connection we have with our body, turning our attention inward, it's our link to regulating the emotional brain. So... When we're thinking of breath work, we don't want to fall into that trap of thinking, oh my God, I feel so stressed. This is everything so fucked. What could a couple of breaths do? Well, it's not so much the breaths as it is turning our attention inward, slowing our breathing and communicating with our nervous system that everything is okay. And from that point, we start to regain access to mental clarity, which then can lead to better decisions, which then leads to better action and in turn better states. And everything starts building once again in a positive direction. Anything that's going to help us be with our physical experience and get away from snowballing thoughts is going to help us at this point. So it might mean a swim in the ocean and turning off email notifications on the weekend. Or it could mean, you know, re-establishing a regular evening routine that gets us to bed on time. Adjusting caffeine intake. Giving your dog a hug. Re-evaluating our workload to see if something we're putting a lot of energy into isn't delivering a return. All of these things, there is any number of things that can help us in this situation. So what can you do to nourish yourself, get some extra sleep or recovery, and drop any low priority tasks that are just taking up your time and not actually delivering? And yes, this can include giving certain people less of our time and energy if they're proving to be a draining, non-contributing pain in your ass. With a bit of practice, we can begin to recognize certain thoughts and feelings as a sign that our state has slipped and we're no longer really doing our best work. So what are the thoughts that you experience when you're in a rough place? Write them down so that you recognize them when they come up. And rather than believe them, we can treat them as signposts that say, 
something we need is being neglected, what steps can we take to self-regulate and correct this? If we notice old feelings about food walking through the door, the first thing we ask isn't, oh my God, have I gone backwards? Am I failing? No, the first thing we ask is what opened the door for these thoughts and what can I do about it? Most of the time, it's going to have something to do with eating enough nourishing food, sleep and recovery, workload, or an emotional trigger. So identify your patterns. Come up with a few in case of emergency protocols using today's journal sheet. Put yourself back in the driver's seat. And remember, when we're feeling clouded and the right action is unclear, the first thing we need to do is breathe, allow the snow globe of our mind to settle, and regain access to calm, higher level thinking. And there we have it. When it comes to moving past these struggles with body image and binge eating, the process really does begin with your mind and how you're self-regulating through different emotions, experiences, and even what we could call intrusive thoughts. So like I mentioned, I currently have two one-to-one coaching spaces available for people who want to put an end to ongoing battles with diet and body image, leave binge eating and diet culture behind, and create a rewarding relationship with food and exercise once and for all. So if you're interested in one of those spaces, follow the link in the episode description and book a consultation call with me. My name's Marcus Kane. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If you want to reach out, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And I'll be back with another episode of Strong Not Starving next week.